0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is born. I greet you on this blessed feast of the Sunday after Christmas, in which the Church commemorates three key figures in the life of Christ. King David, Joseph, the stepfather of the Lord, and James, the brother of the Lord. Each of these men have a very special story, and I won't give the whole story today because I have another sermon to give, but it's just a beautiful thing to contemplate David seeing this from heaven, all that he had hoped for and prophesied about as a prophet and a king seeing this all fulfilled in this little baby, Jesus Christ. Seeing Joseph, this elderly man in his 80s, the guardian of this young teenage girl, being guided and warned by an angel each step of the way on how to protect and care for Mary and her child, Jesus. Jesus. And then James, the brother of the Lord. Imagine the honor he must feel in having that title. One of the children of Joseph, one of the stepbrothers of the Lord who stood by the Christ child, and protected him and helped him and went on to become the first bishop of the church. We honor these men today and we rejoice with them in the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we continue today the 18th sermon in the series of homilies on the divine liturgy of the Holy Orthodox Church. And all these sermons are available on my Podbean podcast which you can go to and find on the internet and you can read and listen to all of these sermons. This is the 18th sermon in the series and we are, we are looking into great detail in the Old Testament beginning with the book of Genesis and seeing the foundation for everything that is going to happen and everything that is going to lead up to the Divine Liturgy, the Holy Eucharist, which we celebrate every Sunday. So we have seen how everything that happened to the Israelite people from the moment of creation to the inauguration of the Passover as they exited Egypt and began their journey to the Promised Land, all this pointing to the Holy Eucharist. And as the children of God journeyed, in the wilderness, when they left Egypt, they remembered something. An ancient promise that they had made to Joseph. Joseph asked them to promise that when they left, and he told them that someday they would leave. They would leave Egypt and return, and they would come into the promised land. He, he made them promise. To bring his bones with them. And they did. In everything that going on in the Passover and the, that night, when all the firstborn were slain throughout the nation of Egypt, and the Israelites were spared because they put the blood of the lamb over the doors and the posts, everything that was going on, the meal they had to prepare, and packing up and grabbing all the booty from the, from the Egyptians. They did not forget and they kept their promise. They gathered the bones of Joseph and they took them with them. It's important to keep our promises. Important to keep our traditions, to hold two things, not throw them aside just because they're old and worn out. The bones of Joseph were special to them and sacred to them, and they took them with them. In every Orthodox Church, at the bare minimum, there is a relic or relics preserved in the altar or in what's called the antimens of the Church. This sacred tradition is founded on this reference from the book of Revelations, chapter 6, verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. The early Christians who were being persecuted had this practice of worshiping in the catacombs, down in the burial places, in the caves. And they would serve the liturgy over the tomb of the saints, the martyrs and other holy people buried there. So when the church was freed from persecution by St. Constantine the Great, The church continued this practice by embedding in their altars relics of the saints and placing in a little pocket of the antimens relics as well. Now, the antimens is a beautiful cloth, big cloth, which is laid on the altar, which shows the body of Christ being prepared for burial. It has a lot of things written on it, and it has a signature. Of the bishop who issued the antimension, authorizing that priest to take that antimension and serve the liturgy on it. It's, all, it's kind of like the priest's uh, passport or certificate, to gives him the authority to perform the sacraments. Antimension literally means in place of the altar. In other words, it it is like a portable altar. You can take it anywhere with you, set it on any table, any, any platform, and it serves as an altar. When Metropolitan Nicholas of Thrice Blessed Memory was petitioned by Father Charles Sunderland of Blessed Memory to sponsor a mission parish in Lafayette, Indiana, Bishop handed Father Charles this folded antimens and simply said, see what you can do. That's all. He gave him no money, he gave him no books, no, no vestments, no uh, liturgical objects, simply this antimension and said, see what you can do. Likewise, when we were given a blessing to start our work here in Crawfordsville. Metropolitan Nicholas gave to me also an enantimension, which had stitched into it, a little pocket of it, the great martyr Euphemia. Euphemia, whose name means well-spoken of, well-spoken of. was martyred for the faith in the year 303 A.D. And her primary feast is September 16th, but also she is commemorated on July 11th because of a miracle that occurred from her relics. So at one of the ecumenical councils, there was a great controversy argument in the church over the two natures of Christ. And there was an orthodox Statement and there was a heretical statement and they, and they were really divided and they couldn't come to a consensus or agreement. So it was revealed to one of the bishops that what they should do is write down these two statements of faith on, on parchment and make two scrolls then placed these two scrolls into the tomb of the great martyr Euphemia. So they placed them in the tomb. They they covered the tomb. They sealed it with wax. They set guards around it so nobody could uh, tamper with it. And then they prayed and fasted for three days. And on the third day, They gathered around the tomb of the great martyr Euphemia, they lifted the lid from the the casket and broke the seals and they looked in and the statement of the Orthodox was in the right hand of the great martyr and the statement of the heretics was under her feet. Both Father Charles and I began these outposts of holy orthodoxy with nothing more than a piece of cloth and the relic in it and a few faithful people. By the way, all of the parishes of the American Carpatho-Russian Orthodox Church have a portion of the relics of the great martyr Euphemia which was received from the Ecumenical Patriarch of Constantinople when our diocese was received into the Holy Orthodox Church in 1938. And our diocese consisted primarily of churches that had been Byzantine Catholic but returned to Holy Orthodoxy here in America. So just as the children of Israel carried with them the bones of Joseph wherever they journeyed, so we also, since our founding in 1997, have carried with us the relic of St. Euphemia in the various places where we have met. And after building a permanent church, a permanent location for our church here, this building, eventually this church was consecrated. And the relic of St. Euphemia was allowed to remain in the Antimension so that we could continue to venerate it. And during the consecration, a relic of St. Athanasius of the Kiev caves was placed in a small repository in the center of the altar and sealed into it with mastic, which is a mixture of beeswax and fragrant oils. Some of you were here that day and you came into the altar and around the altar and referenced the altar on that day. St. Athanasius of the Kiev Caves is also referred to as the Resurrected One. The Resurrected One. Around the year of our Lord 1164, St. Athanasius was grievously ill for a long time. And when he died, the brethren prepared him for burial. And on the third day, the igumen or the the abbot came to bury him. But when he came to bury him, he found something totally unexpected. Athanasius was sitting up in his coffin. He was sitting up and weeping. Weeping. Of course, they were all very curious. To all of their questions, at first he would not even speak, they had to drag it out of him. But to all of their questions, he simply replied Seek salvation. He's speaking to us right now. Seek salvation. Obey the Abbot in everything. For us, that means obey Jesus Christ in everything. Those who are in authority over us. Repent each hour and pray to our Lord Jesus Christ, to his all-pure mother, and to Saints Anthony and Theodosius to allow you to end your life here. Do not ask me anything else. I must pray. And he lived 12 more years in solitude, weeping day and night. I wonder what he saw that so motivated him to spend the last 12 years, the additional 12 years of his life praying and weeping and eating only a little bread and water every other day. Belief in the efficacy of relics. This homily is all about relics today because the relics are part of the foundation of the divine liturgy that we celebrate. So belief in, in the efficacy of relics is found in the Old Testament by the miraculous power of the relics of Elisha, the bones of Elisha. It's recorded in 2 Kings chapter 13 verse 21. Now Elisha died and they buried him. Then in the following year Raiding bands from Moab invaded the land. It came to pass as they were burying a dead man, they beheld a lightly armed band of raiders headed their way and they cast the man into the tomb of Elisha. And when a man touched the bones of Elisha, he was revived and stood up on his feet. Of what benefit are the relics to us? Of what benefit are the relics to us? The relics can be a source of great miracles to the church and the world, but they are not magical. And they are only effective in our lives to the degree to which we submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and dedicate ourselves to living godly and holy lives, worshiping the Holy Trinity in true faith and serving each other and laying down our lives for the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is born.